counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. There ain't no second place in Lambo, it's a whole new game. You either go big, go hard, or go on back home. You got to feel it in your gut. You better want it in your bones. Joining us now is a 11-year NFL veteran, fourth all-time leading career scorer with the Green Bay Packers, Super Bowl 31 champion, former first-team All-Pro, and Packers Hall of Famer, Chris Jackie. Chris, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Well, anytime, guys. Uh, just getting ready for football season like everyone else, and looking forward to chatting a little football tonight, a little bit about me, maybe a little bit about the team, um, and just we'll let you guys just take it, and I'll just follow your lead. Oh, we love it. Uh, so we got to ask you, uh, you know, once a Packer, always a Green Bay Packer. Chris, how does it feel to be a Green Bay Packer? Wow. Uh, I mean, I don't even know how you begin to describe that. Um, you know, when I first came here in 89, I didn't know really what to expect. Um, you know, I played at UTEP, which, which really isn't known for its, you know, powerhouse football, even though we were Division One, And, um, you know, we had, we had a good senior year in college. And then when I came here, it, it just – it was – I learned very quickly that it's a college atmosphere at the pro level and back in 1989. Uh, I know even back then when they were doing family nights, I mean, there were 20,000, 30,000 people showing up for that. Of course, they were doing the bike rides and training camp and people watching, you know, training camp. And, you know, once, you know, you got a few years under your belt, it's, you know, Green Bay or even Wisconsin, you guys are from Madison. I live in Green Bay. and you know how the whole state's kind of one big community. And you just, no matter where you go, even at age 53, which I am now, you know, people come up and say hello. You know, a lot of them are grandmas now, which is very sad. <laughs> but it's, it's just awesome, you know, and we'll get into what I'm doing now. But I started a company called Player Alumni Resources, and I created that with the specific purpose of keeping the alumni connected with the fans. And whether that's, you know, through golf outings or speaking or what have you or or autograph sessions. So, you know, I get to hang out with a lot of guys I played with, a few that I didn't play with, but most importantly, I get to do things with the fans, and that and well, that's a lot of fun. So, Yeah, so tell us about that. I mean, it's so fascinating. We've been following what you've been doing uh, sure. with uh, Player Alumni Resources, and, I mean, it's so fun to kind of see some of the, the pictures that you all are posting and a lot of the work that you're doing. What drew you to want to do this and be so involved with your past teammates and with the community of Green Bay? Right. Well, when I went into the Hall of Fame back in 2013, um, I started getting asked to do a lot of things, whether it was speaking or, you know, coming to a golf outing or coming to a charity, and and I was getting paid to do it. And up to that point, you know, after my career ended in 2000, I was doing financial planning, which is about as dry as it sounds talking about it. Um, so in 2013, I was talking to my wife, who you know, is an executive coach, and she kind of talked me into, you know, why don't you start a business for yourself? You know, go out and market Chris Jackie and, you know, do do those things, get back into the, the swing of things with the fans. And, you know, you know that's a great idea. And you know, so the concept was born back in 2013. So what I did from there is I started asking a lot of the guys that you see a lot out, like a William Henderson or a Gilbert Brown or a Leroy Butler. 
asking them, them, you know, how are you guys getting asked to do things? And, you know, it was a lot of word of mouth or people they knew. And I, I went in and I explained what the concept that I was planning with Player Alumni Resources. And if, with your permission, being William Henderson or Gilbert Brown or whoever, um, I'll put your picture on the website. You tell me what you like to do. Do you like to fish? Do you like to golf? Do you like to do autograph sessions? Do you like to speak? You know, you know, whatever. Um, and tell me, you know, what you charge to do that. So that's when Player Alumni Resources was born. And then I just started reaching out to mostly the guys that I played with on that Super Bowl 31 team, explained them to them what I was doing, <clears throat> and they loved the idea. And I think we got about 50 or so guys on there, the majority of which are the guys I played with. There's a few that are older, a few that are younger, but it's a lot more fun than financial planning, guys. I can imagine. Yeah, and Chris, I, I love what you're doing. I've always said that if, uh, if if any players that have been part of the Packers organization are smart, whether they end their career with the Packers or not, they will always make sure to be part of the Packers organization with the fans because it's just a good business move, too, uh, because uh, we don't forget about you guys. And, you know, we, we talked to you. Um, Andre Risen a few weeks ago, he was kind enough to join us. And, you know, he, he probably spent the least amount of time with the Packers organization of any team he played with. But right. he went out of his way to say how special the Packers organization and fans treat him to this day and that they're really the closest thing he has to a, a family uh, still with with any organization in the NFL. So as a former player yourself and in the work that you're doing, do you hear and see that a lot with the guys that you talk to as well? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the Packers organization, they do a lot of things for the alumni. Um, over the last few years, they've set up a, a, a private booth, uh, you know, at games. And if you're in town, you can, you know, call over there. And if, if, if there's space available, you can get in there and watch a game in, in a booth. Um, you know, they bring guys back year-round for different types of events that the Packers do. You know, they, they go out of their way to make sure that the fans and maybe even the young guys don't forget where they came from. You know, when I came here, it was, you know, those teams of the 60s. You know, the 70s and 80s weren't that great, so we kind of skipped over those and went right to the 60s. Um, and it was, you know, meeting Jerry Kramer um, or Ray Nitschke. You know, guys I used to watch on TV – you know, on the longest yard I, you know, as a kid. And here I am getting to, you know, golf at the Lombardi golf outing down in Milwaukee with Ray Nitschke. Um So, you know, yeah. the Packers, and you know, they do a lot, you know, to keep us, you know, busy and, and still connected with the fans. And, and that's why I created Player Alumni Resources, just to, you know, give it another boost to, to keep that connection going. Yeah, that's – I mean, it's it's really impressive and, and to, to watch that. Is there anything – um, I mean, to me, from a business perspective, you saw a need and you filled it, and, uh, it, and that's pretty. That's really impressive uh, to to see that. Uh, uh, so, as you do these outings, are there any things in particular you like to do more? Are you a big fishing guy? Do you like to golf? We've seen some photos of you out on the on the golf course. Yeah, I, you know, I love golfing. Um, you know, unfortunately, our golf season is not very long. You know, if we were the Tampa Bay Packers, I'd probably be able to to golf and do outings year-round, but it didn't work out that way. Uh, in the winter, it's a lot of corporate speaking. You know, I mentioned, you know, my wife, she's a business a business coach or an executive coach, so she has a lot of connections with companies throughout the state of Wisconsin, um, you know, some of them down your way. Exact Sciences, I believe, is down your oh, way. Yeah. You know, she's worked with those guys. 
So I have that blessing where I have my wife's ability to connect me to corporations, and they're always looking for different types of speakers, you know, whether it's, you know, on transformation or just, you know, come in and give a pep talk to whoever. Um, so, you know, I don't mind doing anything. Yeah, when I created Player Alumni Resources, you know, I threw golf on there and speaking and fishing and just general appearances, you know, where you go out and get some, some autographs. And, and I considered putting hunting. Um, but the problem with that is that I have never shot a gun in my life. <laughs> and I know hunting's big up here, but I just, you know, I just, I just don't shoot guns. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, well. Um, judging by your playing career, you're pretty good at aiming, so I think you'd probably be all right. You know, if you're able to pull them off. Probably. Yeah. yeah. And speaking of that, Chris, just kind of transition into that. You were a member of the 1996 Super Bowl 31 winning team. That was kind of an amazing season, and it had a, a you know a, a lot of special players as part of that uh, that team. Uh, we we uh, are old enough to remember that whole run and, and some some really special moments along the way. And um, Dane particularly, I don't want to steal his thunder, uh, but um, you know that 53-yard overtime winning kick uh, that at one point was the longest kick in NFL history to end overtime. So uh, you yeah. know I, I, we'd love to just kind of talk through a little bit more of that season and some of the memories that you had, um, particularly with, with that game and kind of what was going through your mind as, as uh, you led up to that moment, because that was kind of a, a galvanizing point of the season. We had had some key right. injuries and you come in and, and, uh, and, and win the game for the Packers. And that was just a big, big moment in that season, wasn't it? Well, it was, it was just a big moment in Packers history. Um, looking back, um, we'd always had difficulty beating the Cowboys or beating the 49ers. Um, you know, in that time, those two teams were, those were the teams going to the Super Bowls. It wasn't the Packers. It was either the 49ers or the Cowboys, and we never could beat those guys. And, you know, I, and actually in some of the corporate speaking, I talk about the transformation of the team, the things that the team went through. Um, you know, when I came in the league, we went 10 and 6 in my rookie year, then had a, I think a 4 and 12 and a 6 and 10 season, and things were just horrible. Uh, and then when Ron Wolf came in, fired Lindy Infante, brought in Mike Holmgren, you know, brought in all these other guys, you know, brought, brought in Brett Farr, brought in Reggie White, which was huge. And I always say for everything that Reggie, what you saw him do on the field, which was amazing, is what the things he did off the field. I mean, he was a recruiter for the Green Bay Packers. I mean, he probably got Andre Reiser to come to the team halfway through the season in 96. He, you know, he got Keith Jackson to come play here. Um, Sean Jones, so he was a real ambassador for the Green Bay Packers. Um, and, you know, we kind of built up. It wasn't, you know, where we these guys came in and we won right away. We would win, but we wouldn't get past those Cowboys or those 49ers, which brings us back to that Monday night football game and, and the overtime kick. It was, and I can remember the interview afterwards with, I think, Leslie something from ESPN. I can't remember. That's a long time ago. Um, and I just said that we finally beat one of the the premier teams in the league, the the San Francisco 49ers. Because I think at that point we were like eight and one or eight and two mm-hmm. or you know whatever it was. And I don't believe anybody was truly taking us seriously because the Cowboys and the 49ers were still there. But when we beat the 49ers on Monday Night Football, I think the football world kind of woke up and go, the pack is here. And we went on to the rest of the season, had an excellent season, and like you said, we had a 
a stretch of two or three games. I think Chimura got hurt, Brett was banged up, um, you know, and, uh, and so on. And we overcame that and rolled through the playoffs and really rolled in the Super Bowl once, you know, we got going in the second half. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, that, so that play for me is one of those moments I will never forget. I remember I was, uh, 11 years old jumping up and down on my bed, staying up yep. late at night, screaming when you drilled that thing. And there was no <laughs> doubt that that thing was going through as soon as it left your foot, Chris. It was awesome. Yeah, I, yeah I'm, I, I'm not one to pat myself on the back, but it was one of my better kicks, I have to admit. <laughs> it, 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 so, I mean, I got to ask you then, at Lambeau Field, man, is it as hard to kick there as I think it is? Uh, you, you know, when I was playing and, the, you know, the guys that played before me, yes, it, it absolutely was. Uh, but the field has changed so much even since I've been there in 20 years. I, you know, they've somehow come up with a way of growing real grass and mixing it in with a blend of fake grass, like AstroTurf. Um, obviously, they got an uh, entirely new heating system. The heating system we had was electrical coils, and they couldn't even keep it on during the game to keep the field from freezing because they didn't know where the coils were, and they were afraid a player would step on them and, sh- and shock themselves. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> so, God. Yeah, yeah, so the field has changed quite a bit, um, but that's, that's just, you know, technology and and the evolution of the game and the evolution of the players. and. You know, kickers are better than when I played, and you know, when I was playing, I was better than the generation before me. It's just, it's just that's just how it goes. Now, I remember stories. I don't know. Can can you either debunk this rumor or or not that uh, kickers used to be able to kind of have their own football to kick with, and now that's not the case? Where did you have your own ball to kick with, or was that is that a myth? Uh, you mean during a game? Yeah, during a game. Um. We what would there were a specific number of footballs for every game. I think it was thirty footballs, okay. and yeah, and I kind of joke about this because I know the Patriots got busted for the Deflate Gate and all that crap. <laughs> but when I tell people, we all did it. Mm-hmm. We would, you know, Craig Hendrick, the punter, and I, we would get the balls, the game balls for the game on Sunday on Wednesday, and we would dunk them in hot water put them in a sauna, and then on Friday we would scrub them because if you've ever seen a brand-new ball or felt a brand-new ball, it's a, it's a waxy feel. Mm-hmm. So we would get all that off it. And then at the end of the day on Friday, Brett, or Saturday, Brett would come in and pick out the ones he wanted for the game. So we kicked – there were some pretty big melons there. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Chris, you said but it. Then they you invented kind of set you up for, uh, you know, a retroactive deflate gate and packer land. But I imagine, you know – it just when with the temperature, those those balls can be rock hard uh, oh, yeah. when you're out there on the field. And like you said, with with the amount of how slick they get, man, that's that's just hard enough as it is. Never mind the conditions of the field. So um, you know, I it, I don't know if you had any other secret uh, tricks or tips that you, you had uh, kind of up your sleeve. Uh, any special cleats or uh, anything else that you were doing to try to make sure you had everything you could. We would, I mean, there were several games that was as slick as, a, as as ice. You know, I would kick in a tennis shoe, I, you know, cleats, no cleats. Um, you know, during the, on home games, I did have the advantage, though, as far as, far as the balls were concerned. I would, I had a guy on the sideline that would heat the balls up for me before they went in to kick a field goal. So that helped as wow. well. Um 
Yeah, it was quite difficult kicking. I mean, I know even in, in Milwaukee County Stadium when we used to play there, that was a nightmare on that infield they put in. And then they try and cover it up with sod, which made it even worse. So, <laughs> oh things are, no kidding. Things, things are yeah. quite different now, yeah. Wow. And it, it's such a special pressure being a kicker. As Dane mentioned, you're remembered for some of the greatest moments and some of the hardest moments because – you're just expected, your job is to go out there and make the kicks, right? right. And so, so what's that like when you're in a big moment and you've got a big kick and you know that, you know, victory or defeat is hanging in the balance? <laughs> well, I think, and I'll, I'll, be, I'll give you the smart-ass answer first, don't miss. <laughs> that's what that, no, but seriously, I, a lot of people ask, you know, what's going through your mind on a kick or even a game-winning kick? And things happen so fast in a game. You know, when they go forward on third down and they don't make it, that clock starts starts to tick right away. So by the time the coach decides, you know, kick it, you know, go for it or whatever, but if we decide to kick it, you know, by the time you get out on the field, there's only 13, 14 seconds left, you know, to snap and kick it. So I always say, and I hate to use the term because it's overused a lot, is the word zone. And I think kickers are in a zone when they're in that 30-second window of, you know, third down being over and the time you kick the ball. You know, and a lot of times, even in Metrodome or, you know, places that are notoriously loud, I don't hear it. I don't remember hearing the crowd as I went out there and kicked. It's just, I think you just mentally block it out and you just let your body and your muscles just take over, you know, what you've been doing since you were eight years old. Now, adding to that, you are one of the few people uh, to have ever kicked in a Super Bowl. Does that add pressure? Did you feel added pressure there compared to other games, or was it just business as usual for you? Uh, it was not as usual. Um, you know, the, I, that was my eighth year when we went to the Super Bowl. And, you know, there was guys, you know, Reggie White had been around 10 or 11. Sean Jones had been around for a while. I had never seen, including myself, guys that were so nervous. The Super Bowl is so much different from a regular season game or a playoff game or a championship game the Super Bowl is, is the big deal. And there was you know, there wasn't a, a stall that wasn't being used before the game or at halftime, you know. But once the game got going, you know, everything was like, okay, this is just football, let's just play it. You know, let's not think about that there's a billion people out there watching this game. Um, but, yeah, there was a lot of nerves on, the, on, on that game. Yeah, and, Chris, not to, you know, go to the negative side of it, but no kicker has ever been perfect in never missing a kick. So I'm just curious, when you missed a kick, do you have any, you know, funny stories or memories of going back to the sideline and, you know, either, you know, something that one of the other guys said to either pick you up or, or you know, did you try to avoid anyone uh, when, you're, when you have a missed kick? or What was that like? Because it's always tough. You know, you always want to make sure you're, you're getting the job done, and, but at the same time, like I said, no one is ever perfect in their right. uh, kicking. So yeah, you know, I was fortunate. I, I played with a bunch of great guys, you know. And, and if I missed one, you know, and quite frankly, I don't remember any of the misses. I only remember the makes. Um, mm-hmm. But let's assume that I missed one or two during my career. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I had guys that said, "Hey, come on, we'll get we'll get the next one." You know, I met Leroy Butler. I know I had I, I had a horrible game down in Tampa. I think it was 94, 95. I don't know what was wrong. This is one of those days. 
you know, kind of like what Mason had a few years ago in Detroit, or that that was last year, actually. Yeah. It's just one of those days, and everybody has them. You know, it doesn't matter if you're playing football or, you know, doing whatever you're doing for li- in life. You're going to have a bad day, and it's always how you respond. And, you know, and that was something I had a lot of respect for with Mason after he, you know, missed, what, five field goals and two extra points or something in a dome. I think he bounced back the next week and, and, made, and kicked a game winner. Um, but yeah, I, I was fortunate. I had a bunch of guys that, you know, just, you know, had my back. And, and that's, you know, and I did the same for them. You know, being a kicker, you don't get on the field too much. So, you know, I know Craig Hendrick and I, a lot of times we're walking up and down the sideline, you know, just saying, come on guys, you know, you, we get, we had their back as well. And that was part of being the team. See, and, and you have such a unique perspective as we talk about the teams, you were part of one of the most special ones in Packer history. Uh, you kind of saw a lot of, uh, a lot of variations of the Green Bay Packers, uh, from 89, uh, through that Super Bowl year. And you really had a unique perspective. So, um, you talk about these special guys and, and the Super Bowl team. Uh, could you feel, uh, from 89 to 90 to 92 and Brett comes, um, could you feel an energy or could you feel that something special was starting to build in Green Bay? Yeah, and, you know, I kind of – I mentioned this earlier that, you know, when I do corporate speaking, I talk about that transformation that the Packers had to go through. Um, you know, when Ron Wolf and Holmgren, Mike Holmgren came in, you know, they changed the training staff. They changed the weight room staff. Um, we stopped playing in Milwaukee. Um, you know, Green Bay isn't isn't known for its African American community, so they would actually bring up barbers, you know, for the the black guys on our team. So and you know they do things to make everyone feel comfortable, and that's what created that unit. It was it was it's hard to describe. It was and again, there's another term that's used a lot, um, family. It, it really felt like family because. We did a lot of things together. We did Halloween parties or Christmas parties, New Year's, New Year's Eve parties, you know, Bible studies, what have you. Um, and that's kind of what, you know, really brought that team together. Uh, and looking back, yeah, in that Super Bowl team, you know, there were only two guys held over from the Lindy Infante era that, that were in that Super Bowl. It was myself and Leroy Butler. So that tells you the, the, the transformation you know, not only for the team, but for the entire organization, you know, to, to put us on the right path to win a Super Bowl. And, Chris, yeah, that is so special. So, you know, as just to ask, because you were a 2013 inductee into the Packers Hall of Fame, and I'm going to ask you a silly question first. What special perks does that get you around town? Because, I mean, are you getting <laughs> some free dinners? Do you ever have to buy a beer? Or what, what's that like? You know, hey, I'm – I'm uh, Packer Hall of Famer Chris Jackie. How's it going, guys? You believe it or not, you don't get perks like that in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Green Bay, Green Bay <laughs> is kind of is kind of stupid that way. You know, even doing player alumni resources and doing things, I would say 95% of the things I do is outside the Green Bay area. So I don't know if you know the fans here or the population right here in Green Bay. You know, maybe they see us or they hear about us all all the time that they really don't care. You know, and, and I actually enjoy that. I like going to dinner and, you know, people will recognize me and they're very respectful. They'll wait till I'm done eating and they'll come up and say, you know, hey, how you doing? You know, love you kicking, you know, that kick on Monday Night Football. You know, that's a, that's a big point they always talk about. And, you know, I love talking about that. I don't mind, you know, I always say the day that comes and I go out and nobody recognizes me, I'm really, really old. 
<laughs> well, well, we can promise you, if we ever run into you, uh, the beers will definitely be on us. Uh, we're we're big fans. Uh, but, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, but but I I want to be mindful of, of your time. But uh, the Hall of Fame, the Packer Hall of Fame, is such a special group of players. Where mm-hmm. were you when you found out that you were going to be inducted, and what were those emotions like? Because that truly is an upper echelon. Um, you know, it's it's almost like a, a lifetime achievement award from your right. professional football playing career. So, can you just walk through where you were and and the emotions you felt when you were able to call yourself a Green Bay Packer Hall of Famer? Yeah, you know, I, I was. My wife and I were just sitting at home watching TV, and you know, my phone rang. I picked it up and. The gentleman on the phone, I can't remember his name, but he said, this is so-and-so from the Green Bay Packer Hall of Fame. We're calling to let you know that you're going to be inducted in the Green Bay Packer Hall of Fame this year, you know, and so forth. And I just, you know, I said, thank you very much. That's exciting. I'm honored. Um, You know, I hung up, and I just looked at my wife. I was stunned and shocked and just like, wow. I mean, that was – I never saw it coming. You You never do. Um, but again, the honor was, was incredible, you know, and since that moment, you know, a lot of things have changed in my life. I've changed careers because of it. Um, I've gotten to meet a lot of great guys, you know, that played in the sixties. I've become very good friends with Jerry Kramer and Mark Fleming and, you know, Johnny Gray and all these guys, you know, not to mention the guys I played with, you know, Lynn Dickey. Um, so it, it was just a blessing and, and I'm still learning that. I mean, you don't realize the history. I don't. You definitely have to go to the tour if if anyone has the opportunity. Go to the Hall of Fame. There's just so much history there. Um, you know, not only about the players, but how the organization started. You know, where it came from, um, how it was a rebirth in 1992 with Ron Wolfson, you know, Mike and, and Brett coming in. Um, so it, it it was. You know, it's it's still an honor. You know, I'm getting chills just talking about it. It's, it's, it's wonderful. It is. And uh, as you talk again about these these great legends of the game, yourself included, uh, where can people go that are listening to this podcast um, to, to uh, book these events and, and get yourself or other players to one of their corporate functions? Absolutely. You can go right to the website. It's playeralumniresources.com. And believe it or not, when you – you know, put a submission in or you email, I respond. I don't have someone that responds for me. You always hear from me. You work with me. You know, I wear many hats in this business. I'm, I'm the marketer. I'm, I'm also the asset that goes out and does things as well, that does the speaking. And um, and I work closely with people. I, I, I think people enjoy working, you know, with me, not someone that I've hired to do the stuff. Um, you know, I'm also on Facebook and LinkedIn and all that type of stuff. Uh, if you search me, you'll find me. I'm out there. Terrific. Wonderful. Chris, um, we're going to let you go. Thank you so much for joining us uh, for uh, uh, that time tonight. Really appreciate it. And we always like to end with a Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. If we want to do this in the season, guys, let me know. Awesome. awesome. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. All right. Talk to you soon, guys. Bye. Thanks, man. Take care.